All right, it's Tuesday, October 4th, 2016. This uh, episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is going to feature Week 5 Trends and Waivers. Oh, we got a winner here tonight. Let me tell you, folks. First of all, thank you for joining us. This is the the Drink 5 Fantasy Football Podcast. Tonight we'll be talking about Week 5, Week 5 trends, Week 5 waivers, uh, some headlines from Week 4, how awesome it was to be in London in Week 4. I am Jason, joined as always by Dave, and we have uh, Troy Maples, a member of the Drink 5 team here tonight. Troy, say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. All right, very nice. Uh, so Troy just flew in from London, and boy are his arms tired, right? Uh, you went to the game in London uh, at Wembley Stadium. Were you rooting for the Jaguars, or were you rooting for the Colts? Because no. you live in Indiana now. I was there rooting for the Colts. Uh, uh, of course. Yeah. But I, I'll tell you what, it, it was an incredible experience. Uh, it's almost like seeing an all-star game. Everyone there has their teams to see in a foreign country kind of everyone aligned themselves with a sport that's obviously so popular here. But you saw every jersey except for one, and that was the Cleveland Browns. No <laughs> one was wearing a Cleveland Browns. There were no Manziel jerseys, no. like ironically even? No, none. Oh, that's a shame. I, I feel like there's a small market for that. There must be English hipsters. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that maybe somewhere, but we didn't see one. But People we who see... ironically like the Cleveland Browns. Right. Like we ironically like the Jaguars for so many years. <laughs> So anyways, guys, uh, as always on the show, uh, we must ask what you are drinking. But I'm not going to ask you today. I'm going to tell you that I am drinking this awesome Two Brothers Outlaw 2.0. I just had a sip of it, and it's amazing. It really is. It's better than the original. That's why they get to call it the 2.0. Uh, so this is from Two Brothers uh, Artisan Brewing in uh, Warrenville, Illinois. It's nearby. We've been there a bunch of times. Uh, I haven't had much Two Brothers lately because I've had so much of it. But uh, I'm going to be buying more of this uh, Outlaw 2.0. Good choice, Dave. Thank you very much. You're welcome, sir. All right, everybody. Um, Troy, what was the uh, what was the coolest thing aside from a 40 centimeter long hot dog <laughs> that you got to see uh, while you were at the game on Sunday? Well, what was really cool is we got in there Saturday, and they had downtown uh, near Soho area where we were actually staying. They had uh, kind of a big. NFL block party set up there. Kind of like the draft stuff? Very, yeah, very cool. Uh, it, w- it was very funny to see um, some of the Brits getting in some into some of the games where they had a uh, football pass machine out there, and it was kind of in a bouncy house. So you see them all trying to catch People a football. People, like, dive yeah, and try they're to diving catch the and trying to catch a football, and everyone's <laughs> giving them... Was know, anybody standing right next to the machine like J.J. Watt? Not right next to the machine, but they would try to run a route. And it was oh. kind of interesting. A couple guys go... And people would, like, would fire the ball there. at them? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. So that was a good time. I mean, seeing the whole block party, you really get in, getting that whole experience of seeing the NFL um, really trying to push the league in, in that city. And, and it yeah. was incredible how packed it was. And again, like I said, seeing in a foreign country everyone kind of aligning themselves with the different teams. Whereas here, you go to a game, and pretty much you're just going to see those two jerseys, right? Right. No one really wears another team's jersey to a It's very rare. At at a Bears-Packers game, you're not going to see any other jerseys there. Right. That's for sure. Right. But then outside Wembley, again, the same thing. Um, They they really did a great job turning it into a huge party. 
Um, there yeah. are things for little kids. There are little tailgate stuff going on. They're going full out for the NFL out there. And let me tell you, it was very surprising. Even though everyone kind of aligns themselves differently, once you got in that stadium, they are Jags fans out there. Really? I mean, they booed the Colts when the Colts came in. It was they loud. knew they knew to oh, root yeah. for the home team. Yeah. Let's see. I wonder because there's uh, three more or two more games coming up, week seven and eight, I believe. Uh, I wonder if the same reaction will happen for the home team, or if it's going to be a lot more muted, a lot more neutral. It, it'll be interesting to pay attention to. I know that the next game coming up, I think, is in Twickenham too, so it's not at. Oh, Wembley. it's not going to be at Wembley. Yep. So they're oh. they're they're trying something a little. We're spreading different. it out. I know. Mm-hmm. And then later in the season, there's a Monday night game in Mexico City again. Really, I remember they did that about ten years ago, and um, honestly, I think that that may be even it may be even tougher to play in than like London, because playing at an altitude like that with like the kind of smog levels that they have is just like it's incredible that is known as the best home field advantage in the world mexico city really yeah like in in uh, across football they won't host the world cup there because it's so difficult to play in like i I think they did a long time ago but now like modern standards they won't do it and that's a lot to say that fifa has standards (laughs) (laughs) would be interesting to know what the elevation difference is there compared to mexico city's stadium is over eight thousand feet wow yeah I mean, when you go to Denver, you're at 5,000 feet, and some people can't play there for health reasons. Right. As we see with uh, Tevin Coleman coming up, it looks like he's going to play, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, But, yeah, I mean, playing at that kind of elevation, that'll be interesting to look at. Um, I think that game is kind of later on in November. So uh, we'll we'll hip you to that uh, for sure. So if you guys are listening live, we want to encourage you to go to the chat room, uh, ask us questions. You can ask us about your lineups this week, uh, about who you should pick up on waiver wires tonight. Um, but let's dive into uh, the Week 5 stuff, right, guys? Um, well, before we get to Week 5, I suppose, there's a few things to cover from Week 4. Um, so uh, you may have missed some of the amazing other games that went on. You probably didn't get to watch like Red Zone Channel all day long. Uh, so Julio Jones put up 300 yards. And just how awesome this game really was. Um, you know, He had a huge game which you kind of expected from him. A little over 200 yards, a bunch of catches, no touchdowns. And then he puts a 75-yard touchdown to, like, cap the game. And it was it was incredible. So the Atlanta Falcons guys have looked really, really good this year. Uh, they beat the Panthers. Um, the only team they lost to was Tampa Bay, which was in week one. And Tampa Bay is clearly no good. So I think that that game's kind of thrown out. Uh, do you think that, you know, Atlanta is up there as maybe the best offense in the NFC right now? You asking me or Dave? I'm asking you, Troy. Oh, uh, I mean, absolutely. I think if you look at it, uh, you know, Matt Ryan seems to be doing something that uh, he's had trouble with in the past, and that's protecting the football. And Julio going off the way that he did is uh, <laughs> is just phenomenal. Unfortunately, I did lose, even though I had him on my team. Wow, um, the rare loss with him. I mean, I know last week uh, Julio only had like three points. So that was very disappointing for owners. But he exploded, uh, as I think everyone expected him to. You know, he's Julio freaking Jones. He's going to put in monster games like this, um, you know, throughout his career. Maybe not 300-yard games. He's only the sixth person ever to do that. Um, So on the injury front, we had uh, Carson Palmer. Um, So he is in the concussion protocol for right now. Uh, His biggest obstacle is that he's scheduled to play on Thursday night, right? So the... Cardinals play the 49ers on Thursday Night Football. Uh, Palmer, you know, got hurt just four days ago or before the game, so they're going to need 
more time, I think, than than this short week. So there's a good chance that Carson Palmer is not going to play this week. Uh, look for you know a replacement somewhere else. I think in Carson Palmer really this season hasn't impressed anyone. I don't think the Cardinals seem like one of those teams that like they're going to start pushing the panic button soon. Um, so uh, Drew Stanton would be the starter if Carson Palmer can't go. Um, from my you know opinion, just my opinion, I, I doubt that Carson Palmer winds up even playing. Uh, if he does play, I don't know how effective he may be just because the team's been struggling a lot lately. So, uh, you know, be very cautious with Carson Palmer this week. Keep an eye on the news. You certainly don't want to get stuck without him playing at all. Uh, so Rex Ryan, um, he, I think, is one of the coaches in the hot seat early in the year. Troy, do you think he's he's kind of been in the hot seat at least before this week? Uh, I think definitely after week one, he was already in the hot seat. And there was talk about uh, Tom Coughlin coming to town and kind of, you know, checking in with the Bills owners and not having an interview, but a meeting maybe. Well, I mean, look, he brought his brother in this year. I mean, that that was a pretty big move for them, right? It, yeah, for, but that's not a good move. No, and then, well, and <laughs> that's working. what I was going to say. So he brings his brother in to kind of run the defense, and then the defense did not show up in week one. And they fired the offensive coordinator. Yes, and <laughs> exactly. Then they go and fire the offensive coordinator. But now you're looking at him, and, and what, two impressive wins back-to-back now? Um, I mean, this week was impressive for sure. Um, but I think that they're kind of, you know, I, I think it's just kind of putting off the hot seat action for him for a little bit. I think that this team peaked this week. You know, a shutout of the Patriots at in, in Gillette Stadium, they're not going to get much better than that. You know, that, that, that is a huge victory for them. Uh, they may be able to ride that into another win or so, but look, they have no Sammy Watkins, so they have no wide receiver core. Their tight end play has been miserable. The only bright spot on the offense has been LaShawn McCoy, who's had to carry the offense this year. And they're not like, it's not like it's translating into a lot of points, even tons of fantasy points. He's still a middle of the road fantasy guy. If he wasn't the focus of the offense, then he would be a fantasy dud this year. Um, and then you got Tyrod Taylor, who last year I think put up a lot of his points because there was receiving threats, because he could run and throw. Uh, this year there isn't a lot of throwing, so then there's not a, as much running available to him. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Buffalo's an interesting thing. How long does he have? I mean, you you said that you think that this week puts puts it off a little bit there, but how much longer do you think that he gets, uh, depending on what happens this season? I think by week 10 or 11, if they've only won, you know, if they've lost seven or eight games already, then that's going to be it for him. They're like, gonna like if they get eliminated from the playoffs with several weeks to go, or or if they're sniffing that, I think that they're gonna just pull the plug, right? Because they're not gonna have Sammy Watkins come back if it's a crappy year. So then they're just gonna throw in the towel, go for the draft picks. Why not? I must say I disagree about Lashawn McCoy. He's the number six running back overall right now in fantasy. Uh, last two weeks he scored twenty three and sixteen point uh, eight points. So I okay. think yeah, I he's think, a bit higher than I gave him credit. I for. think you, he's he's ride or die right now. He's good. And you, like you said, he's the whole offense. Robert Woods uh, is is the guy that they're talking up because they have to talk up somebody uh, as far as wide receivers. But you're right; he's not going to suddenly become Sammy Watkins. That's that's ridiculous. He doesn't have the innate talent to do it. Yep. Well, you talk about people on the hot seat too. I know after that Colts game that was out there. Oh, Pagano. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's very well deserved. 
Well, I watching that game again. Not to not to shift gears on you, Jason. That's okay. But watching that game again, it it it's a tale of two kind of game plans. I mean, and it's been that way with the Colts. Yeah, the first all year. half was awful for the Colts, but it's been that way all year. Where it's almost like they play it very very safe, run run pass, run run pass, or run pass run. Try to shake it up, but it's very safe. And then all of a sudden they're behind, and Andrew Luck leads leads the league or he does very well with in the second come- half. yeah in the second half and fourth quarter yeah. comeback he's the second half that's because things sure. change but it, it drives me nuts as a ty hilton owner it drives me absolutely nuts right. because the you don't see him get him involved yeah so um uh on t321 wants to know should he start kelvin benjamin or larry fitzgerald now both of those guys may be without their quarterbacks um as dave pointed out in the chat room it's more likely that cam plays than palmer for sure um, well, he has more time, and we'll go over yeah. those injuries in a little bit, I imagine. But, um, but, but both are in the concussion protocol, right? Yes. And so are. one of them plays on Thursday night. One of them plays on Monday night. Yeah, concussion protocol for Thursday is almost always a guarantee that you're going to be out. So the Thursday. latest news from the coach was was like he he has a chance to play. He could play, and it's that's really. Moved down a bit from the news a couple of days ago where he said he's going to play. So whenever they move backwards instead of forwards, that's not obviously a good sign for, for the player in question. So I don't know. Jason said you started off saying that you didn't think he was going to play. Uh, I think if you have to bet on it that he's not going to. Carson but Palmer. the great thing is it's a yeah. Thursday game. So it doesn't matter as long as you're available to switch a guy in and out. You can you can sit there at you know, 6 o'clock. 6.30, 7 o'clock Central Time, right before the game starts, and you'll find that out. So your advice is that if Palmer's starting, you go ahead and play Larry Fitzgerald. Well, because his question was Kelvin Benjamin versus Larry Fitzgerald, regardless right. of the quarterbacks. Uh, and Drew Stanton will probably still pepper Larry Fitzgerald if he becomes the, the starter for Thursday. But uh, I would rather have a um, you know a Cam Newton than a... Than a uh, Drew Stanton, and if then if these are the guys at the end of your wide receiver list, like the last wide receiver and the bench guy, you're doing all right. Yeah, the problem comes that if you decide that because Carson Palmer's not going to play, you're not going to start Larry Fitzgerald. Then uh, if you don't have anyone on your bench to put in for Kelvin Benjamin, you're going to have to start him no matter what if Cam Newton is out. So I, I get it. I mean, if you're making a decision and you have to decide. Um, I, I might just start Larry Fitzgerald anyway because he's the number one target there. But it's uh, it's a tough one. All right, uh, so more injuries. Uh, Trevor Simeon, he is one of the nice surprises of the year, one of the many rookie quarterbacks who's playing well. Um, but he did sprain his non-throwing shoulder. Uh, it seems like he'll probably be okay to start. The, the blurbs on Roto World today seem generally positive about how he felt about his injury, right? Um, it's you know this isn't the kind of thing that he needs to sit out weeks for. It just seems like a pain management sort of injury, right? Uh, yeah, and and just a moment ago there was an update. Uh, well, a couple hours ago now said that he had a sore throwing shoulder, and that's what he said before. He said very sore. Throwing? Now he just said it's just sore. I'm sorry, no, the uh, left shoulder. Okay. And and so now they're talking about him being able to start without even practicing. You know, so we'll, we'll see. And thankfully, he has longer than Thursday. He has all the way until uh, um, uh, Sunday. So, <laughs> probably good news for, for Simeon. And they they like the way that Paxton Lynch played, you know, but they still don't want him to be their starter right now. Right. And he did play well. I was impressed with Lynch's play for sure. But uh, Trevor is our quarterback. Is it is it Kubiak channeling Lovey Smith? 
No one channels Levi Smith unless they want to be the coach of uh, of the University of Illinois. The Fighting Illini. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a, a path Using to... Using the same old crappy football games that they always do. It's not exactly a path to greatness. Right. <laughs> so apparently Odell Beckham Jr. isn't having fun anymore, guys. Boo. Everyone needs to stop and you know feel sorry for him because he's not having any fun. Um, he likes to you know jaw with his opponents, uh, and they have started throwing taunting penalties on him, which they're doing all over the league. Cam Newton got one for signaling first down in someone's face, like, and it's the kind of penalty where if you get another one, they're gonna eject you from the game now. So um, I think that guys kind of, you know, well, you can talk and you can talk shit to players like in any sport you can talk, but it's it's the taunting is the is the extra thing that you do. Sure, but he wasn't like waving his hand in anybody's face on Monday night. He just he was talking to someone and he got a flag thrown. So it's something that he said specifically. Well, what I'm saying is the refs can't see you having a conversation with somebody. He must have been yelling or been doing something. Yeah, and, you know... They need to be more subtle about these sorts of things. Try to get in someone's head doesn't mean you actually have to, uh, you know, be be all Italian about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, you know, this is all kind of stemming from the big game with Josh Norman last year where they kind of got into a fight and... uh, Beckham wound up getting suspended for that game. Well, it sounds like he's game. getting too tall for his britches, right? Because he hasn't been putting up numbers to support that talk. Not right now. No, he's not. Um, so, you know, the one thing I take from all this is that I think the NFL is, you know, again, pulling the fun out of the league. They are throwing so many flags on this stuff now that it's becoming an issue. And guys who are, you know, counting how many pumps that they have in the end zone when they're celebrating a touchdown... You know, two pumps is okay. Three pumps is a flag. You know, I agree with you. It's absurd. Like it's, it's straight out of a comedy sketch, literally. I agree with you, but if the topic is uh, Odell saying that he's not having fun, I mean, I don't, I, I can't. He, the guy makes a bunch of money. He's a great receiver. He's saying that because he's feeling sorry for himself. I know, I know. I was just channeling that quote into, you know, is the NFL actually taking fun out of the league? Right. You know, and I, and I kind of, you know. I don't agree with him just feeling sorry for himself, but he's not wrong if he's saying that, you know, they are legislating the fun out of the game. Well, I, I haven't seen it yet, but we'll see. I mean, maybe you're right in some respects. Well, and here's the other problem, too, is, I mean, there's a fine line between the fun that they can have and being able to talk to the guy across from you and what happened last year with Odell Beckham. Yes, he shouldn't be, like, spearing people with his fucking helmet and, like, trying to injure people. Well, they already they know this is like a dre- from that. it's like a Des Bryant personality. I mean, he's he he's like smashing the the field goal practice gate and like. <laughs> Which, by the way, who hasn't been in a situation before where you've hit something and, it and had it back. come back and hit you back? <laughs> yeah. And just that frustration level that's there the, the second that happens. Well, this oh, is. Man. I mean, a lot of it is is Odell. You know, I, I can't I can't blame it all on the NFL here. I think he's uh, certainly. I think he's going through some growing pains because he guess he expected to just be awesome year after year and that's not happening right now it's true it's true um so i think a more apt subject i guess if we're going to be on it is uh is there a problem with the new york giants offense or eli manning or the schemes or the play calling or is it just beckham well i mean you know that's a different discussion do you want to get into the new york giants do you have any opinions on what their offense is doing right now 
or are they just banged up and you know i'm curious op- opening the floor guys i mean you're talking about uh you know poor odell and that was the headline on on uh roto world which obviously is is um apt to to our discussion and and relevant but it's it doesn't really matter to us as fantasy owners if if there's a, a someone who gets called for taunting right that doesn't affect us it can now because yeah. you can get thrown out of the game after two of them i i guess here's the thing is do do you really hit the panic alarm i mean listen what the vikings right that that was the last game the Vikings defense is, is right. pretty legit. Right. I right. mean, so yeah, Odell might have had a, r- a l- rough couple games here, but considering who he's been going up against and the defenses that they've been playing, I don't think you need to hit the panic button yet. Um, especially considering I was I was just on the phone with a buddy before stepping in here, and we were talking about some wide receivers that are underperforming this year. Well, and, Beckham, for example, uh, someone had just posted something on a site that I frequent about the stat line between this year and last year, and it was very similar, except that last year he'd already scored four touchdowns, and this year he has zero. Right. He's not finding the end zone right now, and that's you know one of the problems of the Giants' offense in general. I think that they're going to be able to figure that out. Okay. You know, they're able to move the ball unless it's against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, so, yeah, like Troy said, don't panic if it's if you don't have a good game against the Vikings. You know, panic when you have a bad offensive game against a bad defense. Unless you think Beckham's going to lash out and, and be kicked out of games, which I guess is bad for you too. Right. If you really <laughs> think that that's going to be an issue, maybe you look to trade him. But right now it's like a sell low, which isn't uh, ever advised. Has anyone actually been kicked out for taunting yet? Yes, I have seen players kicked out for this this year. This year? The people who get two of the you know elimination penalties. Like a relevant player? Uh, there was an, an offensive, offensive lineman in San Diego. So there not, was not one yet. in uh, in Carolina too. I it think it was their center though in in right. San Diego. The it was center, their center. San that's Diego. relevant. That's a huge deal. Now you're talking about okay. So now you got your guy, the the running backs affected by that. The quarterbacks affected by that. Handing off the ball, like you know, it could come and like bite people in the ass. Yeah. Gotcha. So, uh, Zach Ertz and Tyler Eifert, a couple of tight ends, are scheduled to return from their injuries. Um, so, you know, hold off your expectations for Eifert, at least for the first game. It seems like, um, you know, a lot of times when guys come back from an injury that's taken this long, right? He hurt himself in the playoffs last year, Eifert? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, this is he's been injured the whole time. He's just now coming back. So, like any other player, you need to hold off and kind of wait but i think that he may be worth starting this week if you don't have any other good options because he's going to be a red zone target and you don't have to be uh, at full strength to catch the ball in the red zone necessarily you just have to get open a little bit so uh troy i think you have eifert in the dynasty league right i do are you gonna fire him up this week yeah yeah i i need to (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) i need points (laughs) it's part of it well i i fully expected him to be back sooner um i mean look they they need targets out there. That, that's the bottom line. They, they need really do. They really need people and, to throw the ball to. And Eifert is a nice, big target out there. Do I think he's going to have an incredible game? Not necessarily, but look, let's be real. The, the odds of a big target like him catching a touchdown and maybe three receptions for some decent yardage? He One was, and two? That's worth it. He, I mean, he was the touchdown master last year. He had 12 touchdowns. I think they were all red zone targets. Uh, they're playing the Cowboys this week. The Cowboys are giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Seven catches, 81 yards, and almost a touchdown every game. Uh, so I, I think that you can go ahead 
in my opinion, and fire up a Tyler Eifert this week. Um, and meanwhile, you got Zach Ertz. I don't like playing people when they just come back from long absences, so that's my input. I understand. But. I just think it's such a good matchup that, you know, uh, if the news this week is positive about him, that you go ahead and start it. If there's anything negative about his injury, about him still, like, maybe not starting, then I could see sitting him for sure. But because it, there's such an opportunity for him to come back and score two touchdowns, I don't know that you want to miss that. Uh, Zach Ertz, he has had a rib injury since week one. He's on an offense that has been playing very well. Um, you know, I, I don't remember if he played well with Wentz. I think he did. Well, Wentz has been playing the entire season. Uh, his first game was like six for 60. Okay. You know, it. Wentz needs all the help he can get. He is a rookie. Um, he's a rookie who's playing well, so I'm sure that he'll know to find his checkdown target. So would you start Zach Ertz, or is that another, he's coming back from injury, and you're going to wait? I'd absolutely start Ertz. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way Carson Wentz and the way Philadelphia's been playing lately, especially being a rookie, like you said, I think he's going to be more, uh, he's going to like having that safety valve back. Right. Well, he already played this year, so we're talking extended absence. Eifert's been out for a really long time. Right. You know, Ertz already played week one. He played in the preseason. He's played with the, the quarterback, so, you know, he's, um, I, I think he's a good start. But and they play the Lions this week. Nothing to fear. <laughs> no, the Lions have been giving up a lot of passing yards. <laughs> Just lost to the Bears. And and Dave, that is a good point, is that there is a different way to look at it uh, in terms of how long has this guy been out if he's coming back from just a minor injury. But he's been playing and he's put work in versus an Eifert who yeah. hasn't had that time with the team. Okay, maybe he's reading the playbook, he's doing the walkthroughs or whatever he could do at the time. No, I agree with both of you, by the way, too. That like, I mean, it's not a bad play. And, of course, he's already owned almost everywhere. He's not on waiver wires. He was drafted in a lot of leagues even though he wasn't even starting. But regardless of that... Um, it's still uh, it's still usually sort of a uh, a little bit of a growing pain when you first start back in the league because everybody ask else anybody been, who's got Gronkowski this year everybody else has been playing for four weeks now so yeah. everyone else is up to speed he is not it's like running uphill but but he could still score two touchdowns you're absolutely right I think the same of uh, same of Ertz because he's got great targets in Aguilar and Matthews especially Jordan Matthews who's had kind of a resurgence. And Zach Ertz is exactly the kind of guy that that quarterback needs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Steve Smith Sr. Uh, had his 51st 100-yard game of his career. And I want to know, what do you guys think? How many more can he have before his season inevitably falls off the rails? I think he usually uh, goes uh, goes bye-bye around week 8, week 9, around halfway through the season. How long does his Ben Gay supply last? <laughs> well, he's already said he's... I mean, this is supposed to be his last year or whatever. Baltimore is not going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, so I guess what he's going to try to do is just pad his stats as much as he possibly can, right? Try to get that HOF after his name. That's right. And I don't blame him for that, but I think if you have him on your team right now, you need to sell him within the next couple of weeks or else you're losing all of his value, in my opinion. And I said that last year, too. And I think I couldn't have been more right. And the year before that, too. I couldn't have been more right, usually, because that's what happens. But... You know, watch this year's the year I'm wrong, and he just becomes like a top five wide receiver somehow. <laughs> well, and it is a long season. I mean, but there's kind of that that conversation about okay, if he's just out there padding his stats, then look, we talk about garbage points all the time, right? Sure. I mean, he's basically got an entire season full of garbage points. But at the same time, with his age and knowing that this is his last season, you know, does he really feel like getting rocked by that young linebacker or getting you know? 
Well, he's got, finally, for the first time uh, in a while, a, a deep threat and a great receiver in Mike Wallace, who has been doing well this year already with Flacco. So he does have coverage pulled off of him, whereas before he would have you know double teams every time. Uh, out. He does have space freed up in the middle, for sure. And as to what Troy said... For every other player, I would agree. But Steve Smith wants to hit the linebacker. Yeah, he's an aggressive player. Very good point. Very good point. Uh, Just to touch on the rest of the injuries, um, and please make sure you go to our website, check out our injury report. We try to get one out every week. This week, Dave was kind enough to uh, wrap up all of the injuries for us. Uh, So he has a little more in-depth information for these guys. And as always, check before the game starts because, you know, if you start guys who don't play, then you deserve to lose. It's as simple as that. <laughs> Go ahead, Troy. I, I didn't know Thomas wasn't playing, and I was at that game, so there was no excuse. Right, you were at the all game. All of a sudden, I'm at the game. I'm like, wait, Mercedes Lewis. Uh, all right. Well. <laughs> it's The worst is when you see the wrong player on the field. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> and then I get the get the text message from Graham over there, and he's like, why'd Boy. you start Thomas? And I'm like, You're not the only one. Yeah. Uh, Sean Foss, uh, who is our rookie writer, uh, went to the Bears game and left Jimmy Garoppolo in his lineup. Oof. Yeah. Well, I in, think, in a two-quarterback league, so no one thinks that he's crazy. I would think this is more a case of if you're at the game, you have to take a pause between all the beers you're drinking right. to check the uh, the inactives. Oh, man. I, <laughs> or the 14-centimeter. The last time I went to a game. Well, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. So, uh, back to the injuries. Uh, Cam Newton, as we said earlier, had a concussion. He plays Monday night. So, um, if there is no news by Sunday, have some sort of contingency ready. Um, but it, it seems for now like he's going to be playing. And they will have to issue an injury report before then. Uh, Des Bryant has a uh, knee injury. He did not play last week. And, uh, you know, right now it looks like he's probably not going to play next week. Jerry Jones is the only one who seems optimistic about that. Right? Yeah, uh, there's there's a fill-in wide receiver who is interesting in deep leagues, um, but not really anywhere else. And the weird thing about Dak Prescott, anyway, is that he hasn't been using Des Bryant to his full advantage regardless. Maybe that's just a, sort of because of the kind of quarterback he is. But honestly, all Des Bryant owners are hoping for right now is a quick return uh, to the field by Tony Romo. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and he hasn't been terrible. I mean, he's had some like games where he had six or seven catches, but he hasn't really hit the... He's not turning that into a 100-yard game anytime well, soon. You bring that up, though. Does Tony Romo see the field? With yes. Dak playing the way he's playing? Yes. Yeah, he's already, no question. He's, he's coming back week eight, unless Dak Prescott becomes like a top-five quarterback. Until Dak Prescott learns how to throw the ball deep, it's Tony Romo. From team. Jerry Jones' standpoint, think of Jerry Jones. He's like, why do we even have Des Bryant if we're not throwing Des well, Bryant? Well, I, I mean, Romo. Jerry Jones is in the concussion <laughs> protocol after getting the helmet thrown at his head, right? Jerry Jones? He's been in the concussion he protocol. He thrown at his head? You didn't see that? I saw no, I, I did that. see Bill Belichick spike his uh, surface tablet. He's been in the concussion protocol for years now. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, Kevin White sprained his ankle. He, um, you know, joins the the... Yearly tradition of injured Bears receivers, right? Mm. So we'll get more news later this week. He has not scored a touchdown. Uh, he's not a rookie, technically, I suppose, because he was uh, with the team last year, although he was out the whole time with injury. Um, Hoyer is playing quarterback, and he is playing better than Jay Cutler played at all this year, uh, and better than Jay Cutler played most of last year as well, let's be honest. So um, with Cutler out right now, Hoyer is the guy in there. Um, even if Kevin White is is healthy, I don't know that you start him. Um, although it doesn't seem like Hoyer likes throwing it to Alshon Jeffrey either. 
Yeah, well, Kevin White has an ankle sprain, so we'll see if that happens. Uh, yeah, we'll see if he even. But plays. but Kevin White has been has been doing. No, I mean I think I think he will play unless News says it's like a high ankle or something. But regardless, okay, I gotcha. uh, it looks like uh, Hoyer and White have been matching up to be pretty good. Uh, definitely in in stark comparison to like you were talking about Alshon Jeffrey, etc. A uh, question from the chat room about uh, Quincy. And Nunwa, which is a name that people didn't know until this well year. Well pronounced, Dave. Uh, <laughs> an interesting thing about him, uh, in our rankings, which you can see on Drink 5 or at Fantasy Pros as part of the consensus rankings, uh, we have Quincy Nunwa at Pittsburgh slated for number 28. So that's right in between Sterling Shepard and guys like uh, John Brown and, and, uh, and Eddie Royal and Randall Cobb. So he's definitely in that starting territory, especially in a three-wide receiver league or a flex league. Um, and I think personally, well, I don't think, I know this already based on the sample size, if Eric Decker doesn't play, he's got about nine targets or ten targets a game, which used to go to him, which go to Anunwa, and they're just going right to him. Now, Austin Safarian Jenkins was picked up by the Jets, and maybe down the road he gets some of those targets, but for right now, the Jets do not use their tight ends, and all of the targets will go right to Anunwa. So Marshall's going to get double teamed, Anunwa's going to get a bunch of targets, and he's going to turn that into fantasy production. If you're in a PPR league, you absolutely start Anunwa as the number three your flex guy. Totally agree. Yeah. I like Anunwa. Sorry, you're I talking about... I liked him as a PPR guy before Decker came out, so... Well, even with even with the three of them, he was still getting enough to be uh, scoring like you know eleven points, twelve points in the PPR. Exactly. So now it's going to be even better. And as long as he's not the number one guy on that team, which he's not uh, athletic enough to be the number one, he'll still be just fine because Brandon Marshall is going to soak up targets. There, he'll be number one for sure. Well, that's what I mean. He's going to soak up targets. Uh, but Anunwa cannot be the number one. We just need to make sure that like Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't colorblind or something like that all of a sudden. like He can throw it to the right team. <laughs> I think it might be the end of his career, but we'll see what happens this year. I, I mean, maybe maybe he just has so many floaters in his eyes that he can't see anything and he's not telling anybody about it. I'm not sure. He's permanently concussed. Maybe his just beard, like Jerry Jones. His beard is getting in his eyes, or maybe his beard has taken over parts of his brain or something like that. I'm not sure. That's not how beards work, Dave. Oh, all right. <laughs> we both have beards. It's our next podcast about how beards work. <laughs> but yeah, Anunwa is After a... After that, magnets. Anunwa is a must-start uh, in most leagues. Uh, there's even... Uh, probably you could argue, you know, making him a WR2 for this particular week or next week because Pittsburgh will probably be beating the crap out of the Jets. So I'm thinking they're going to throw the ball a lot. Ah, I, I could... I can see that happening. Yeah. Well, and Eric Decker, I mean, specialized in being targeted in the red zone, right? I mean, that's that's when you saw a lot of targets going towards Eric Decker. He had Decker tons in the red zone. In, yeah. in the red zone. Yeah. So the someone, someone's going to have to step up and do that. Um, both, obviously, Brandon Marshall, but with uh, Inunua. Well, they like throwing to Inunua on third down. And I was going to say. Third down is kind of the same as being a red zone target, in my opinion. Yeah, the, both a little of, more traffic in the rest. What you guys are saying is true, and and Anunwa is absolutely a great a great play and a great pickup. Uh, I do think Eric Decker is going to be back sooner rather than later. I think the news on him is a little bit so overblown. Don't panic on him, okay? Uh, but I I think Anunwa, even when he comes back, is still going to be good because that's a passing offense, uh, regardless of what Matt Forte tried to do to it earlier in the year. <laughs> uh, so Chris Johnson has landed on the IR. He's got a sports hernia injury. Um, I don't know how many seasons in a row this is now that he's finished on the IR, but... Uh, Was he 31? I think he's pretty much done. Maybe yeah, a year or two, yeah, somewhere. So, 
you know, David Johnson is going to continue to be, you know, as the best running back in the league, the second best running back in the league. It's you know, debatable, but he's top three or four right now, easy. Yeah, he's still putting up a lot of points, even though Arizona's not playing well. If they start winning, I think it can only go up for him. Yeah, right now, if you're looking at all, everybody, it's DeMarco Murray, number one, Melvin Gordon, number two, David Johnson, number three. Very nice. And somehow Carlos Hyde is number four, which is inexplicable to me. But it's uh, it <laughs> well, is it's from the week one game. It is what it is. You know what though? You bring up Melvin Gordon. Yeah. I mean, what do you guys think about that? Because that also I, from that, the week the, one game. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, he his average yards per carry isn't under two yards. I think it's under two yards average. No, 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 no. Gordon's not from the week one game. In a standard scoring league, he scored seventeen point yeah, seven, eighteen, thirteen point eight, seventeen point nine. He's been consistent and good. And I think his problem was last year he just well, wasn't getting that consistency. Here's the thing. He's got six touchdowns in four weeks. Um, leading the league, obviously, only 3.2 yards per carry. Okay. What I'm saying is they're putting them in there. He is the touchdown guy on the goal line. He's getting those touchdowns. It's it's working out for him. Yeah. Uh, and there is no Woodhead. And there is no uh, – um, I even forget the, the name of the guy who used to back up Woodhead. Um, Darren Sproles? No, no, no. The, the guy who last year was a Tolbert? waiver wire pickup. Oh, Brandon for like Oliver? A, yeah. So no Woodhead, no Brandon Oliver. They've lost Keenan Allen. Like They have Dexter McCluster, Dave. He's not I- anything. <laughs> Dexter McCluster! I, I don't know. It, it worries me. He's their, I, if he's I'm their guy. If I'm a Melvin Gordon owner, it worries me because it's all touchdowns right now. So sell high. Yeah, but that no, shouldn't worry you. Absolutely sell high. What do you, why wouldn't that worry you? Because as long as he's scoring, you know, right now he hasn't scored less than 13.8 in a standard scoring league in four weeks. That's a big sample size. There's no bad games. Okay, so if I offer you a trade, you'll take him? Well, it depends on who you're asking for. <laughs> you can't have David Johnson. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. I mean, if we take away the... So you wouldn't uh, take the number two look, for the number I, three. I, if we take away a lot of those touchdowns, or even a couple of those touchdowns, he becomes he goes from number two overall to like number fourteen, number sixteen, number eighteen. But still, regardless of that, uh, you know, maybe his value is in the touchdowns, which is why he was so bad last year because he didn't score any. Yeah, but that's unreliable. I mean, with wide receivers, what do we look at more more importantly than anything else? Targets, targets, right? So with a running back, what are you going to look at more than anything Attempts. else? Attempts. Attempts. Uh, attempts and the yards that he gets mm, per attempt. You don't care. You don't care if it's Jarvis Landry or if it's Kenny Stills. You don't care if the guys catching eight yards or eighteen usually. Well, you care about how many catches. No, but the yards for a running back means more than for a wide Look, receiver. He's he's gotten involved in the passing game a lot more. The last couple games he has ten catches. He has eighty six yards receiving. Well, so see, he's going to be able to pad his stats a little bit. The there. numbers I was telling you about are standard scoring leagues that don't even give you any points for catching the ball. So, I mean. There is no Woodhead. There is no Oliver. He has to learn how to catch. He is learning how to catch. And you're right. His yards per carry are not good. But he still has averaged uh, probably 16, 17 attempts per game, which means they trust him. He's the only guy there, really. Oh, much higher than that, even. I mean, they could bring in someone later, but they, they aren't currently. So he's the guy currently. He's touching the ball 20 times a game. Um, but, I, you know. I meant attempts, rushing attempts. Sure. I I don't. Disagree with Troy, though. I think that, you know, personally, I think that you should sell high on Melvin Gordon because he's scored a ton of touchdowns. He's second overall in points right now. I don't agree because Danny Woodhead had so much production all year. There is no Danny Woodhead anymore. That means that that has to go to Melvin Gordon because he's the only person who can take that production. So you think you can keep this up all year? Yes. 
Interesting. And he's a really young player, and he he needs to do this for them. They need it. They definitely need it. You know need that someone. that was the right question to ask. I guess that's that's what we're trying to get to. You think Melvin Gordon is going to keep this up all year long? Well, sometimes you have these guys that come into the year. Now Melvin Gordon was uh, he wasn't even drafted in the top five rounds. Neither was Arian Foster. Well, but in, back in, in the day, an in injury, I'm just injury. Yeah, yeah, he could be like an Arian Foster sort of back, but he's not explosive and, and great in open spaces. Melvin Gordon is just a guy who happens to be scoring a bunch of touchdowns and he's trying to fill in for the Woodhead role. But there's nobody else in the league that San Diego can pick up, which means for their offense to work, unless they change it entirely, they're just going to keep making Melvin Gordon into this. And you know what? You shouldn't care if he runs for 2.5 yards per carry as long as they play him every week. <laughs> Touche. Touche. But you could you could sell him high. I He's number two. He's not going to get any higher. Uh, so another question from the chat room. Uh, Fanatical23 wants to know what our thoughts on the C.J. Anderson regression over the last couple of weeks. I would have to say I don't see it as that much of a regression. He scored a touchdown two of those three weeks. Um, he's getting plenty of carries. The team is playing well. Uh, I, I guess because CJ scored 25 points in week one, everyone expected him to be the best back, but I don't see him as really performing outside of where he's been drafted. Well, the, the, the amount of attempts uh, went from 20, 20, 14, 19. He's not really in the um, receiving game at all, um, which is too bad. Um, because he's not anymore in the last couple of weeks, I think that pretty much is because Simeon has has made himself into a better quarterback. Yeah, and, Simeon's been good at throwing the ball. And if the they field. have a good quarterback and they're throwing the ball to Sanders and Thomas, then they don't need to rush the ball every single time like they started doing at the beginning of the year. So whatever the regression might be, he's still going to have good games, right? But going up against Cincinnati and Tampa Bay and only putting up 37 and 49 yards respectively, that is not a good showing. It's not. Uh, So I I agree that there is a regression there. I don't know what's going to happen because of it, but I'm not afraid of it either. I think that C.J. Anderson is still a startable running back every every week unless he keeps doing it, right? Unless this keeps happening. Yeah, I, I'm not worried about C.J. Anderson yet at all. You are an owner, though. You know. <laughs> yeah, yes, I have there's a little really... bias there. Like... <laughs> yeah, no, it brings up a good point, though, because I mean, Dave brought brought it up with with Simeon coming in into his own a little bit more. Obviously, you can see a trend happening here. Well, so he's, it, he's the best quarterback that the Broncos have had in a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's just well, it's just interesting that that sometimes you know you have to think outside the box a little bit when you're thinking about your fantasy production, right? Because a running back can be affected by quarterback play, rookie quarterback play. Absolutely. Yeah, this doesn't mean that C.J. Anderson is not a good running back or he's getting worse or he's getting less productive. But it does mean that the 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 scheming over there has fundamentally changed a little bit because of Simeon's good quarterback play. But I would expect, uh, especially now that Simeon's got a little bit of an injury, uh, whether or not he ends up starting, they'll probably work CJ a little bit back into the mix so that they don't destroy their quarterback right after finding him. Um, all right, well, let's move on to touch on these last couple of injuries. <laughs> We've been hanging out on this. Uh, he doesn't want to talk about CJ Anderson. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. He's, I, he's I've said what I needed it. to say about <laughs> CJ Anderson. So Dwayne Washington, um, he has a uh, sprained ankle. Um, he's going to be out for a couple of games. He was... Just like the new pickup over there, so I, I'm not, you know, 
I don't really think we need to concern ourselves fantasy wise with the backfield of the Lions. Theo Reddick matters in PPR leagues, and that's about it. Well, I do. I mean, I, I like Dwayne Washington. I think he's he's working him, himself into something good. Uh, he actually started the game pretty well before injuring himself. But you have to look at these guys. These are the important things in a fantasy league. Because if you lose guys, there's nobody else you can pick up unless you're trading or picking someone off the waiver wire. So these guys are important. And maybe he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Well, maybe. Well, what does what the news say on, on Dwayne Washington? I think it says that he might be back in a, in a week or two or something like that. Point is, uh, it, it's good to be aware of these things because... Um, a guy like Washington could take over the backfield completely because Amir Abdul is gone and Theo Riddick is not a uh, a three-down running back. But, but like you mentioned, and, and like I said in the article, um, I would not be surprised if Detroit picks up a guy like Carlos Williams or trades for somebody else because if there is any extended absence from Washington, they literally are running on fumes. Well, they signed Mike James to their practice squad. Yesterday. Well, that's depth, though. That's not a... That's, well, that's not a move to have somebody start immediately. Well, there aren't too many guys out there other than like a Carlos Williams that can play right away. My point, sir. And I don't know. I mean, maybe he's not in football shape. That was certainly the concern with him and one of the reasons why the Bills cut him. There's no news about Carlos Williams right now because he was on the four-game suspension, which is now over. I just expect him to get picked up within the next couple of weeks because there are a couple teams that are in need of running back help. And uh, whether or not... It was a good idea for him to eat a whole bunch of food with his wife while she was pregnant. I mean, that's not up for me to decide. <laughs> it's a weird story. <laughs> and, uh, so Doug Martin is going to miss one more game, two more weeks, right? They have a bye coming up. Uh, and Charles Sims, who was banged up, I'm not sure about his static status, um, but if he's good, he's going to keep playing. But that team uh, not playing very well. Like They're putting up points occasionally. But last week they only put up seven points. Um, and Charles Sims does have a right knee injury. Um, so look for more information about him tomorrow uh, on the waiver wire. Or they're, not the waiver, the, the injury report. They're calling it a maintenance day and saying he'll be fine. Uh, but you, you're right. You should always be aware. And if you're going to start Sims, this is probably the last day that you can start him as a number one guy. Uh, because Tampa Bay's not playing very well, that doesn't equate to very many fantasy points. Yep. So Rob Gronkowski... Um, has only one catch through the last two games that he's actually played. Uh, now the rumors are starting to trickle out that you know he's actually way more hurt than they're letting on, right? So, um, well, I, we we don't know that. That's it, the rumor, right? Exactly. We know that that's the rumor. Yes. Uh, my, you know, the way I look at this really is that uh, Gronkowski needs Brady back. Once you see how they do, how he does with Brady, then you can make a call on whether or not you think he's going to be effective. Uh, and, and I'm sure that the coaches feel the exact same way. If he can play well with Brady, if he can look good, then he's going to be fine. If he still struggles, then they're probably going to shut him down for a while. That'd be my guess. Sure, because it, it's proven right now, you know, that they don't need Gronkowski to win. In fact, they don't need Brady to win. They just need Belichick and everybody else on the team to be a serviceable uh, employee of the New England Patriots. <laughs> but I, I think that uh, that this is. And this is what uh, Roto World says too, which is always a great resource if you guys are not familiar. I'm sure you are. Uh, Roto World NFL News, which is kind of just taking tweets and uh, like little bits from beat reporters and posting them in one place. It's not like they're coming up with news; they're just providing it uh, in one place. But I think that if Gronk uh, doesn't do well in this game with Brady actually back, then it's time to panic. But 
it's it's past time to panic at that point, and you can get no value out of Gronkowski. So I, I've seen uh, a couple of articles online already about how people already sold Gronkowski last week or this week to people that are thinking that he's going to be great for the rest of the season, when in fact, because of the rumor, there's a small chance that he's not. Yeah, then so he could be doing nothing. So, I mean, that's a gamble, but you may want to think about it. You could put him, float him out there and see if there's any offers or you can package him up for something awesome. Uh, I, I am going to keep him on the one team I own him on just because I think that it might be worth it. Because even if he does sit for a couple of weeks because of a soft tissue injury, a hamstring injury like they're talking about, he'll probably come back in the last half of the season then and score touchdowns every game. But uh, is it really worth it to someone who, you know, put a, a number one or a number two draft pick on a guy who's not even going to play, not going to provide you with any fantasy value for half of season. Not if you're not a good team. It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, that's where we get to take a look at these things now that we are uh, into the season is a lot of a lot of the decisions you make are going to be based on where you're at, right? Dave, if you're, if you're undefeated in one league, you're yeah. definitely going to hold on to it. Then him. you can just stick if someone on the bench for a while. Yeah, if, yeah. If, you're, if you've only got the one win... Now all of a sudden you're looking at it and you're going, you know what? I'm Maybe definitely, turn him I'm definitely going to try to turn him into something, something else, else and then stream a tight end for the rest of the season. So I guess the idea there is that everyone's going to have their individual. Um, it's going to be based on your team, kind of yeah. like when you draft, you base it on what other people are doing. Uh, so Jordan Cameron is out with another concussion. Uh, it, it, you know he's had many concussions so far. Um, you know I don't know that he was a fantasy starter. Uh, but it's a guy who, you know, was still on the radar. Uh, and Miami certainly has room for someone else there, for someone at tight end uh, to be good. So Deion Sims is there. Um, do you like Deion Sims as a starter ever or as like a flex play? Well, he's Not only flex play, but. he's only really had like one sort of chance to be good uh, besides the game last week where Miami kind of just got crushed. So when Jordan Cameron... Um, uh, got his concussion. Uh, Deion Sims came in and did really well, but the problem is the Dolphins, right? The problem is that that's a new coach, it's a new system, it's a new uh, all sorts of things, and it's not really working out that amazingly. But <laughs> a lot of people still think that Ryan Tannehill will still be able to put up yards. Obviously, Jarvis Landry gets a ton of of production. You know, he's he's really good with Tannehill. Um, but I'm worried about the team in general. And if the team does not win games and put themselves in a good situation, then Sims is always going to be relegated or Cameron or whoever's tight end there to you know three passes for 35 yards, which nobody wants. Nobody wants that or less, right? Well, and, and how much of this is because Miami, just that offensive line is pretty brutal. I mean, now so now you're yeah. asking your tight end to stay in and blocks that you've got the blocking aspect of it on there. So I, I think that's another aspect that you need to take a look at too. Sure, because we talk about tight ends all the time as, as move tight ends, but the majority of tight ends out there, half the time or more, they're spending blocking and they're not in like their, their offensive snap positions. Unless you're talking about a guy like uh, Greg Olson, who even if he does block, will still catch a 30-yard reception. <laughs> but he's just—they can't do them all. They can all do it all. He's a supernatural player. So <laughs> I do like Deion Sims, but only in deep leagues, not in a regular league. He's not on your radar unless uh, you know you're 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 in a big league. All right. <laughs>
That sounds like it's underwater. It must be a jam band. It's Frank Zappa, buddy. Oh, it's just it's old. It's not underwater. It's just old. It's exactly. just old. <laughs> <laughs> this is a really old MP3, Dave. They had MP3s back in the 70s. Alright, so I want to dive right into <laughs> the trends. I know that waivers are on the schedule next, but we'll get to them later. Uh, because last week we started uh, talking about trends. Uh, we placed a, a couple of bets uh, on what we're gonna, what we thought would happen, and then um, we'll do that again this week. But first, we'll we'll recap what happened last week. Uh, so we had a couple of quarterbacks. We had Trevor Simeon. Let's lightning round it. Who we said would score eighteen or more points, and he got injured and only scored six point seven two. So Dave and I both went over. Both lost. Not fair. No good. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, we said, would score eight, uh, 17 or more points. He put up 18.32. So Kirk Cousins, we both went over on him, uh, and he just got there, thankfully. So uh, we'll both pick up a point for that. Over at running back, we had Tevin Coleman, who uh, was at 17 or more points was his average. He was going nuts, which was impressive. Um, but unfortunately, he only scored 3.3 points. We both did go under, thankfully. Uh, and got that. Theo Riddick uh, was at 11 or more points, and this was the first one that we split on. Dave said that he would go over, uh, picking on the Bears a little bit. I had faith in my Bears. You guys all know that I'm a diehard, faithful Bears fan, right? No. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And uh, Theo Riddick only put up 5.8 points, uh, so I took that under. Uh, We had Quincy Inunua, who needed to score at least 8 points. He only got 6. We both went under. We're good there. Uh, Another one that we split on was... Uh, Jamison Crowder. Dave, you said he'd go over 10. I said he'd stay under. He only scored 2.1 points. Uh, and finally, we both went over with Jimmy Graham's 7. Uh, he put up 11.3. So good for him. And then uh, our tiebreaker, which was relevant, uh, I also won. So just just for fun. Um, so I went 6-1 and one that week. Uh, I get a surprise $15 Amazon package. So I wonder what it'll be. I bet Dave is pulling people online right now to see what sort of ridiculous thing he can send. I'm not polling anyone. Not I'm just going to decide from the depths of my own imagination, which is pretty deep out it there. It is a pretty deep imagination. There's all sorts of weird things going on. I'll vouch for that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this week we've got uh, a bunch of other trends. Um, I did have Russell Wilson on here uh, because he is trending up. Uh, he is not playing next week, so we won't pick him. Uh, but I just wanted to give him a shout-out kind of. Uh, he went from 11.5 to 14 to 24 points over the last uh, three weeks all while dealing with injuries that everyone figured he may even miss a game for. Um, So uh, he is on bye. He does play Atlanta when he comes back, and then Arizona and New Orleans. So two of those three matchups seem really easy. Arizona not necessarily playing that well. That could be three really good matchups for Russell Wilson. So uh, regardless of how many points you think he scores, he goes back in everyone's lineups, right? You guys guys starting him if you own him? Yes. Do Do any of you own him? No. Any of you. Like, I'm pulling a crowd. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, he was one of those quarterbacks that, to me, was drafted a little too high this year. Um, hmm. So, uh, first trending player, Cam Newton. So, he went from 31 to 16 to 15 and a half points over the last three weeks playing San Francisco, Minnesota, and Atlanta in that order. Um, you know, against Minnesota, I think everyone kind of expected him to uh, have a little regression. Against Atlanta, I don't think anybody expected... 165 yards and a touchdown, and that's it. Um, he does have four interceptions over these last three games, so he's not taking care of the ball very well. Carolina themselves is only one and three, so they're clearly not playing uh, nearly as well as they were last year. 
Um, so we talked about him being in the concussion protocol earlier in the show. Um, so we'll even see if he plays. But assuming that he plays, um, he does get to play against, uh, I believe it's Tampa this coming week. Um, and he has a couple of defenses, you know, aside from that, that are giving up lots of points to quarterbacks. So he has the opportunity to rebound. To rebound, it's right there for him. Um, and just a side note, when we pick our line this week, uh, we're going to do it a little differently. Um, I've, I've picked a line, and if we all agree on the line, we're going to move it up or down and then un- until one of the people doesn't agree so that we get a little difference of opinion on every single line here. <laughs> so Cam Newton's line will start at 21 points. Obviously, Cam scoring 21 points in his standard league, you're going to be starting him every week. I want, I want to hear uh, the yes or no, but I also want to hear the justification for that. Of the 21 points? Yeah. 21 points is the average of the last three games. No, 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 no. I, I understand that. I'm, I'm saying from the person who's answering the question, I want to hear their justification for the yes or no. Oh, I see. So I think that Cam is going to score uh, 21 points because he's playing Tampa Bay and because they're going to give up a bunch of points to him. Does Tampa Bay give up a lot of passing yards to opposing defenses so far this year? Passing yards specifically? Well, um, do they give a quarterback you, you like you like a the, lot of points. They you, give up seven they're the seventh highest. You like the fantasy points against stats. They are the seventh highest. They're giving up 20.2 points per game. Okay, and uh, and Auntie in the chat room says they're averaging 300 plus. So thank you. I, I appreciate that when some stats can fly all over the place. Uh, so it sounds like from all angles, Tampa Bay is a bad uh, is is bad against opposing offenses if they're any good, right? That's what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. You know, I mean, it's as simple as that. Sometimes when you look at the uh, top scorers each week, it's usually a bunch of people who played against the really bad defense. So are are you betting on Cam Newton playing too, or or do you do you get a pass on this question if he doesn't actually start? This is assuming that Cam Newton plays <laughs> for all of us, assuming that he plays. I, I say that he will score at least twenty one points. Troy, what do you think? I'm going to go under. You're going to go under. So we have a difference already. We don't need to move the line. We're going counterclockwise. I don't even know how to react to that. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> it's my right. fault. It's my fault coming coming from over the pond. Yeah, Troy was just here <laughs> so. from London. In Australia, the toilet goes counterclockwise. Is that what's that? Was? <laughs> Australia. Yeah. All right. Um, no, I mean, look, I think it's going to be tough. Regardless, he had a good matchup last week um, and still underperformed. Not granted, he got hurt, but it's going to be tough for him. I mean, no matter who you're playing, no matter what defense you're going up against, it's still the NFL. These are still NFL football players, and the fact that Cam you're playing. is in concussion protocol right now, it's yeah. it's it's tough. He's CP. got he's, he has less time to prepare for for a game, and I think that hurts. I'm distracted by these giant pictures of Trevor Simeon that I have on my screen. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, where do you stand on the Cam Newton line? <laughs> I agree. If he plays and he plays Tampa Bay, he's going to have a good game. Uh, Cam Newton is a reason why he was drafted in the top two quarterbacks, usually number one in the leagues that I was witness to. And I think there's no reason why he should not continue to have really good games. He just played a couple of, of pretty tough ones. All right. So, guys, keep in the back of your mind something that we may be able to wager on to you know for this bet. Because replacing the bet, we don't know what it's going to be for yet. So keep it in the back of your head. Figure it out. Uh, Anyways, we've got John Brown at uh, wide receiver. Week 2 versus Tampa Bay, he put up 1.4. Week 3 in Buffalo, 70 yards, 7 points. Last week, he finally returned 10 catches, 16 yards, 100... Sorry, 
10 catches on 16 targets, 144 yards, 14.4 points. Um, it, it seems like John Brown is back. Of course, we need Carson Palmer to be here. Um, so, you know, uh, when we pick this line, remember that it may be Drew Stanton this week. But John Brown is going to be playing in the game, so we will pick him. Uh, so, um, so if Carson Palmer doesn't start, then our 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 questions, our our answers still uh, still are valid, is what you're saying, right? Unless you want to pick both, I just need to be clear. Do you, you want to pick both conditions? I feel like we need a rule book for this week. This particular week, <laughs> should, should, we could pick both conditions if you want. Well, to. no, because we won't end up with any players to bet on then. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, we're going to assume that Carson Palmer is going to play, and if he doesn't, then it's I. Uh, I was going to say just whatever you think is going to happen with them. If you think that he's not going to start, then go ahead and pick your line based on that. That's, That's this fine. is this is a tough a tough gamble situation. But yeah, you know John Brown has not made it into the end zone yet this week. Um, he is being reintroduced this to season. the Cardinal this this season. He he also hasn't scored this week, Dave. Be no, fair to me, not this week. <laughs> so um, I'm being fair to you. Uh, he <laughs> uh, he does have tougher defenses coming up. However, this week they are playing the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll set his line at seven and a half points. Uh, who wants to start on this one? Dave, Dave I mean, got we, we need to have like a, a regular rotation. Pick an order, pick an order in a rotation, Dave, and we'll stick to it. Well, I thought we already started this. You this, can be the master. This needs to be predetermined, my friend. Hey, just because it, something happened once doesn't mean that it's set in stone that way forever. Well, if you're going clockwise and you started, then Troy should start and it should continue clockwise. I just am uncomfortable with going clockwise in most situations. That's counterclockwise. Uh, counterclockwise is what I mean. <laughs> but now that we've gone counterclockwise, we've 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 gone into. You, you feel know, like we're pot committed. Well, we've we've walked into the uh, um, we've walked into whatever. Anyway, Troy, I'm up. I got it. You're up. Yeah, understand. Got it. Um, <laughs> you know what? I mean, we we briefly touched on it earlier. You you talk about one of the most important things that you can look at fantasy football wise are the targets. Yes. And uh, 16 targets last week speaks volumes to me. I I think that John Brown. Um, Taking over Malcolm Floyd's? Uh, yes. Or not absolutely. Malcolm Floyd. Uh, yeah, Malcolm Floyd. Yeah. No. Larry Fitzgerald, is that what you mean? No, Malcolm Floyd was on San Diego. Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of names out there. That one the is not correct. M. Floyd. I'm, I'm so sorry. M. Floyd. Yes, yes. Uh, but no, that, that's... <laughs> Which Jay Brown do you like? Yeah, right. Jerron or John? <laughs> Why does his name have to be Jerron, by the way? Why, Why cruel fate? <laughs> if it was Jay Brown, it'd be way easier to tell them apart. Hmm. <laughs> Again, those those targets speak volumes, and um, I, I I like them to go over the seven. Twenty-seven okay. targets in two weeks. I like it. I agree because I think that John Brown is going to end up being the best receiver on the Cardinals. So I don't care who the quarterback is; they're going to throw him the ball. That's part of the game plan. So I also agree that we would go over. So now we'll move to eight and a half. Troy, are you staying over? Yes. Dave. No. Okay. Um, I uh, you're, I will you're stay allowed. Over Aren't you not allowed to? Because you're the third person. To so choose. I don't know these rules. I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know how that I, affects it. I like it though. It's it's wonderful. So, uh, I'm I'm gonna say no on the eight point five. All right. I'm gonna why? say yes on the fried chicken. No on the eight point five. Okay, but why? Why why is what was it, it was seven and hey, then eight point five? Why? Because because it's it's too. The possibility of Drew Stanton being the quarterback is too strong, 
And although I don't have a problem with having John Brown, let's have a 30 to 50% chance of having a touchdown with either quarterback, that's not high enough for me uh, in a Drew Stanton situation to to grant him the 85 yards. These are all standard scoring. So, yeah, that's 85 yards, essentially. That's no, just, absolutely. I just want to get the insight on there. I think it, 70 it makes, yards. It makes perfect sense. I, everyone has a line somewhere, right? Yeah, I know. I, that's the whole point is to just find where the line is on this one. Okay, uh, so next we've got DeAndre Hopkins, who has been trending down a freaking steep-ass cliff. So week two, he had 17.3 points. Week three, 5.6. Week four, only 0.4 points. One catch on six targets for four yards from DeAndre Hopkins. What the hell is going on? Yeah, you've like nursery rhymed him here. Did I? (laughs) I don't mean to. Um, So... Last week, it was really rough to kind of stomach that, especially because Will Fuller, the rookie in Houston, scored 20 points. He had a receiving touchdown. He had a return touchdown. He's playing very well in fantasy this year. Um, Very well in the real league, I suppose, as well. Um, So is Osweiler favoring Fuller more, and is that why Hopkins is not playing as well? What are the targets for Hopkins? Uh, Hopkins has 11, 8, and then 6. What are the targets for Fuller? Mm, I don't have the Fuller targets in front of me. Because if the they answer... will be in a moment. If the answer is reversed, then it's correct. Oh, so you mean, like, if they're inverse, then it's definitely... I mean, it's obvious, right? Let's what see. favoring would be, would be giving him more targets over a period of time instead of giving him less targets over a period of time. It was 11, 7, 7, and 9. Okay, so, so then seven, the an- seven, nine over the same period of time. So the answer is no. It sounds like what's happening is uh, Hopkins is either not getting separation or being double teamed too much, or they're playing too good of defenses in the past couple games. So it's a game flow result sort of situation. Well, I wouldn't expect Hopkins to suddenly be bad, um, but this is one of those situations for me where I can consider it to actually be a trend. He just played Tennessee and got zero. Tennessee. It's not like it was Kansas City or New England the first two games. The Tennessee matches is, is where he should have probably uh, bounced, uh, back, for bounced sure. back a little bit. Yeah, and so this week he plays Minnesota. In two weeks he plays Denver. So me being the first guy, I say no. He, so, does, he does not get eight points. Right. We set the line at eight. You say no. Um, boy, I really want to say yes because I just traded for him. Um, was <laughs> the the owning my, bias here on the players? My brain says no. <laughs> my brain says no, and my heart says yes. Poor Hopkins owners. Oh, I gotta go no on this, especially because he's playing Minnesota, who's shut down every number exactly. one receiver. I I have to go no okay. just because of the matchup. Minnesota. We'll, move down. we'll go down to seven points, Dave. Seven points. What? It works both ways. <laughs> yeah, it goes down as well. Oi. <laughs> <laughs> seven points if he gets a touchdown he basically makes it there but I wonder how many touchdowns in Minnesota has even given up to wide receivers at this yes. point yeah let look that up so the Minnesota Vikings are giving up the second fewest amount of points we, we have quite a bit to get through so uh, so I would I would uh, so, so I would suggest that we that we speed up a little bit, and I'm going to say yes, he does get seven points in this game, even though it's Minnesota, because Hopkins is a beast, and he will eventually come back as long as he's healthy and start receiving. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got to go over. Troy, what are you taking? 
Well, you both said yes, so we're trying to speed things up, so I'm going to say no. All right. (laughs) Okay. That's fair enough. Oh, would that mean it would go back up, or how does that work? They've only given up. We're going to 7.5 Go back up to 8? Yeah. (laughs) Whatever whatever Jason over here is doing, we need to try to prevent, so. (laughs) Minnesota's given up one touchdown to wide receivers so far this year. This is like a board game. (laughs) All right, so Alshon Jeffrey, um, he is trending down as well. Uh, 9.6 and then 7 and then 4.6. He has no touchdown this season. Uh, I'm sure that Alshon Jeffrey owners are very worried at this point because it's been four weeks of basically crap. Did you just look at my dynasty team and <laughs> pick everyone off of it and decide to pick on it this week? It's your or turn, what, Jason. Man? Very uh, unlikely that I actually did that, Troy. Does he score seven points? It would have been funny. Uh, so I do not think that Alshon Jeffrey scores seven points this week. Yes, because he needs to. Yes. All right, so you guys are both going to go under. I will, or over. I will stay under, and we will stay at seven points. So his teammate uh, Jordan Howard has been playing very well. Um, he came into the game last week, you know, as a on a permanent basis after Jeremy Langford got hurt. But he did go from three to nine to now thirteen points. Last week he had twenty three carries, one hundred and eleven yards, three catches for twenty one yards. Um, so clearly, while Langford is out, Howard is the main back. He's one of those guys that you like, uh, who is going to have probably more than twenty carries or touches at least every single game. Um, so uh, you know, Jeremy Langford, we've got him at nine points this week. Uh, he faces the Colts. They've got the second most points to opposing running backs. So, what do you think, Troy? Can he can he make it over nine? Langford, yeah. No, 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 not Langford. Jordan Howard. Oh. Yeah. Langford was carted off in a cart. Yeah, Langford won't be playing this week. I didn't see that. Guys, <laughs> I, that was on at, like, midnight. That was in the Dallas game last week. Whatever. <laughs> you know what? I don't think that that was actually shown he in He sounds very interested in this. Because everyone uh, has said that. I didn't see Langford get taken off the field. I, I yeah. Well, I was watching the game. I believe it happened uh, during a commercial. I try not to watch Exactly. The, I try not to watch the Bears. When the Chicago Bears are such a good team. Yeah, oh, exactly. There's so much fun to watch. Yeah, we got so much of them on prime time. This <laughs> is on Thursday night later this month. So, does Howard get nine points? Howard for nine. Nine points. Yes. No. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. I thought you started. No, Troy started. Oh, okay. Well, I say no uh, because uh, he is still a rookie, and he's going to come up against some uh, some issues. Um, and granted, he is going to be playing the Colts, uh, who usually give up a lot to running backs, but what I think is going to happen in this game is I think the uh, wide receivers will be awesome. Uh, I think uh, I think what's going to happen is Jeffrey's just going to get tons of yardage, etc., and Howard might get you know his uh, 70 or 80 yards, but no touchdowns, because the touchdowns are all going to be receiving touchdowns, and Brian Hoyer is going to... Uh, cement himself as the anti-Jay Cutler for 2016. The starter? And making it so Jay Cutler is not the starter of the Bears ever again. Hey, that's fine. I may have to start Brian Hoyer this week. Well, and then I guess it's good for you. It's good news. (laughs) Good news all around. But I don't think that Jay Cutler throws the ball for the Bears uh, another time unless uh, all of the Bears' other options get injured. (laughs) All right. So Matt Forte had... uh, What's with the Bears uh, guys here? He's not on the Bears. Yes, the Bears-related players. Bears-related. Well, they all play in the same leagues. That's a lot of them. I suppose they're all related somehow. 
He's he's a he's sort of a Bears fan from way back, guys. It's, Who's that? It's seeping in. I need to tell you, it's pretty embarrassing. So <laughs> I had to wear my Forte jersey over there. You had theirs? Well, uh, yeah, it's just it's it's the one I have. I okay. have an Alshon jersey too, but it's too big. So you wore the Forte jersey, but it's the Bears jersey to London. Yes. So and it's a the bunch Bears of people jersey. were like, "Wait, isn't he not on that team anymore?" Yeah. So when you get called out by a bunch of people in a foreign country that don't even really understand the rules completely, but they know that Forte plays for the Jets now, kind of embarrassing. <laughs> so all these all these guys uh, don't really know anything about football, but they're like correcting you. Yeah. They don't realize that like it may just be that you've been a Bears fan forever. And he's well, been and it's funny player. because they don't say things like you know like Hey, that's the wrong team, or He doesn't play for them anymore, right? That they say things like Oi, wrong colors. And I'm like, yeah, no, I get it. Thanks. <laughs> well, it's no, I'm sorry. He doesn't play for Gloucestershire or something. Yeah, right. right color is wrong name, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Matt Forte had 29 points in week two in an awesome game against Buffalo where he scored three touchdowns. Uh, since then, a bunch of bupkis, 6.4 and then 4.3 points. Granted, that was against Kansas City and Seattle, but this week they play Pittsburgh. Next week they play Arizona. Um, Matt Forte, can he keep his average, which is around 11 points per game? Um, I believe, Dave, we're back to you. Okay. So Matt Forte, 11 points. I hear what you're saying. They play <laughs> but I don't the like Pittsburgh it. Steelers. Your Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I, I don't think that Ryan Chazier is playing, and uh, he's he's one of my uh, more favorite new guys on the defense. And I actually like the Steelers' defense, but they are still kind of uh, um, wobbling a little bit. Well, I, wouldn't, sure. I wouldn't soft say that. Is, soft was a little bit mean. I was impressed with the their teams that they defense. have played uh, have been for the most part really good all season. It was really just the, against the Eagles that that showed some holes. So we'll see. But but I think that uh, ideally Matt Forte doesn't have a very good game against the Steelers because I'm a Steelers fan. What I will say is that 11 points is high for him because Bilal Powell's getting more involved and Fitzpatrick I still don't trust and they have uh, two receivers out there and Anunwa and Marshall that are going to get a ton of targets. So I'm going to say what the Jets are doing is uh, they're taking Forte and they're taking his trend in mind and they're lowering the amount of snaps that he has in the game and raising Bilal Powell's, which is why Bilal Powell is now a waiver wire pickup in a lot of leagues according to experts across the uh, internet. So I'm going to say that maybe Forte does play more than half the snaps, but unless he scores a touchdown, he's not going to get 11 points. So I'm going to bet against him. So you're under. Uh, I have to agree with the under on this. I just see this offense as one of chaos, and they haven't got anything figured out right now. Harvard. Yeah, it's completely failed them. I, I hate to do it because I know Dave's trying to speed this up, but it's under. It's Okay. So Again, I agree with Dave. It's, it's below Powell. I yeah, mean, Powell's stepping up. Yes, absolutely. And then Forte's an older I back. I had they've... to drop him too. Well, and they're not using him in the passing game as much. And again, you, you brought it up with with the options that they do have there. Why they're not all of a sudden going to start throwing it to the aging running back? Yeah, it just doesn't seem that smart of them to do that. Uh, although with Decker out, you've got one less option. So we'll see. Uh, so if we all say under, then what happens? Ten points, Dave. And still under. I'm going to go over with with 10 points because you're right. With Decker out, you got a, you know fewer targets for the ball. I love that both of you agree with me for different reasons. <laughs> That's great. 
He's like, well, yes and yes. All right, I'm in. <laughs> now, don't you still have to say... And are you going to go over or under the 10? I'll go under still. Okay. So, uh, finally, um, <laughs> we've got uh, Jason Witten. So, Jason Witten uh, was drafted as a guy who'd be starting, but... Week two, five points. Week three, two and a half. Week four, seven, four point seven points. So he's been, you know, basically garbage. It seemed like he was going to have a good season, especially early with Dak Prescott. In week one, he had fourteen targets. Um, but after that, in the three weeks following that, he's had only fifteen targets total. So um, that that sort of trend right there really worries me. As we talked earlier, you know, trends are or targets are very important. Who starts this one? Uh, I believe I start this one. So um, I think that, you know, he needs Tony Romo to be relevant. Uh, so we're setting the line at five points. I'm going to go under with Jason Witten for five points. Troy. Well, Dave was getting ready to talk. And because it's the natural rotation of things, <laughs> I understand. So, uh, I know uh, no, you know what? I, I'm going to go over. Um, I think that uh, last week, what he saw, nine <laughs> targets. Um, with Dak in there, I still think that Witten is still somewhat of a safety valve. I think five points is is easy for him to get. Yeah, okay. he's just, I mean, he's targeting him. He's just not hitting him, and I don't know why that is. I think that Witten is a really old tight end. I think that because he's only scored over five in one game of the sample size of three games, it's smarter for me to say under. All right. There you go with your logic again. Using logic. He played Chicago and got two and a half points. I mean, he could easily have scored like two touchdowns versus the Chicago Bears. (laughs) It doesn't make sense. (laughs) I think Dak Prescott, though... He um, probably should have. (laughs) For whatever reason, he's connecting more with the younger guys, and I I, I guess that's just a product of... of, uh, I don't know. Dak Prescott. Yeah. I, I don't know. Dak Prescott's really weird. He could, if Romo wasn't there, for example, you know, or if it was a different quarterback or whatever, he might take over the job. But he's just, people are saying that he's good because he's been winning the games, but I don't think he's been good. I, I watch the games and I'm like, I don't understand what he's doing. There's like a lot of, uh, uh, what do they call that offense? So the D&D? I don't know. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. You got Jason all excited. <laughs> I, you know, it's the uh, I've never heard this nomenclature before. Yeah, you have the 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 blank and dunk the uh, the dink and dunk dink and dunk D and D. Yeah, sorry, nobody ever ever said D and D because they knew it would go with the Dungeons <laughs> and Was the, you know the D and D offense? That's probably the one that everyone's uh, familiar now that they've watched Stranger Things. The D and D because they mentioned Dungeons and Dragons once in there. They don't mention it just once. It's sort of like. You know, a theme of the of the show. The not the, to give any spoilers. The D and the D and D offense is uh, is now gaining popularity because of the punter on the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm naming people that like. Uh, there's probably a list of like. He's talking about Chris Clue. There's probably Clue? a list. I thought of, he was talking about Clue. There's probably a list of like 20 guys in the NFL that go home after their games and just play like World of Warcraft or something. I'm sure there is. <laughs> that would that percent might even be low based on the Clue national. Clue is percentage. a great foul. Foul. Follow. Follow. Thank you. Follow. 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 On Twitter. That's a tough one. He's a good yeah. chicken as well. <laughs> so uh, we need we need to pick our tiebreaker. Uh, we're gonna go Tom Brady yards. He's playing Cleveland. He's gonna crush them. You know, Troy, are you gonna go with 600? Or are you gonna go with 650? 
Oh my. <laughs> was setting the ceiling at 1,000 yards. <laughs> what do I think Tom Brady will do in his first game back? That's 400 yards. Look, I mean, last year I think Tom Brady kind of proved that he really likes a ticket to Goodell in the NFL. It's the middle finger uh-huh. tour, man. I mean, he really does enjoy it. I think you're going to see him have more pass attempts, maybe in this game that he comes back, than he'll have in any other game for the rest of the year. <laughs> so, I mean... Mm. Say 320 yards. Ooh, 320. Dave? 200 yards and an injury. Oh. You think he's going to get hurt? Should I should I add the injury note to the 200-yard prediction? Well, it, this is not going over or whatever. It's closest to, correct? Closest to. So closest I'm saying 200 yards and the injury I'm just throwing in there for good measure. Because I think that Tom Brady is old, and uh, I think that it may be time for a little uh, a little Garoppolo to, to take over. We'll see. I will go ahead and settle in the middle at 260. Of course you will. Well, I'm not going to go over <laughs> or under you guys, because I don't see that happening. Is this like Price is Right, if you're, uh, if you're over? Well, it is no, if you're the last it's one. the closest. <laughs> I'll take 301. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I will bid one dollar, one yard, everyone, one yard. Okay. So, did you guys think of anything that we could we could wager, that we could place? I'm going to leave that to you, game. man. What 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 is the wager that you would like to? I uh, didn't have anything in mind. Neither did we. You said put it. At the, you said put it at the back of our mind. Well, I wanted you to. Yeah, instead of the front something. of our minds. If it was in the, if you said put it in the front of our minds, we could have thought of something, but. Oh. So this is this is my mistake. What should we bet? A this laptop? Is my fault, though. A laptop. Let's go smaller than a laptop. All right. Uh, <laughs> how about a new grill? <laughs> a. Uh... I could use a new grill. <laughs> are you just like picking things out that are going to make your Christmas list this year? Like <laughs> Dave's like, what do I need? Hmm. <laughs> We've already got a few outstanding bets between us. Not outstanding, but. Waiting to be redeemed. You we still... owe Troy a, uh, a book six of the Song of Ice and Fire. That's never going to happen. Which is never going to come out. So, <laughs> right. thirty-two inch flat screen, four K display. Something that will eventually be decided is which one of you two gets to wear a onesie on a podcast in yeah, the future. That's going to be Dave. The only thing is, it's going to have to be custom made. I think that whatever it comes down to, it'll happen. Oh, uh, Dave, what's your record in that league? One and three currently. Yes. Oh. It, it, Dave, at least you're not the worst one at the he's table. Got the, yeah, he's got that onesie. He's got that onesie, though. Oh, that, that onesie I'm 0-4-Z. All right, guys. It's a really rough, rough place to be. Well, let's not be. talk about too much inside stuff, yeah? So the uh, um, the, the deal is if, if you want to actually create a bet here on the actual podcast, uh, Jason and I are, are usually very local to each other, but uh, Troy is not. He's at least a state over and sometimes a couple of uh, continents over. So I think we need to do something that um, is in line with some of our other bets. We've done a lot of Amazon bets so far, for example. Um, I know that uh, we, we, we all like food, but we, we like to go out and buy it, etc. at the stores. And I don't think we should send any overpriced frozen steaks or anything like that. What, so what are I you would... thinking about ordering something? Sorry? You, you've got something in mind to order? What do you mean? Like a, I'm sorry, I interrupted you, and that wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> can I have another beer instead? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, we would hand him a hand him a, a beer. It'll at least shut him up. I do have an idea. <laughs> I do have an idea. If you don't, well, all right, man. It's it's it's. Uh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say we could uh, wager like a fat head or something like that. 
What what's that? Like what we have in the wall right here with Le'Veon Bell, but like a bigger one. Do you want like more giant NFL players in our house? I don't know, dude. I'm not sure that that's the way to go. Okay. <laughs> Fair never, enough. Uh, Next thing you know, you're gonna have Greek letters hanging outside, we, and keggers going on. And, <laughs> that's not so bad. I don't know. A lot of, <laughs> yeah, I guess. But. No, it's not great. I don't know. Uh, I like those guys, you know. But that Le'Veon Bell is not life size. It's like oh, that's not even a foot. It's uh, that's little Le'Veon. Yeah, tiny Le'Veon Bell. I'm, I guess I'm big Le'Veon Bell then. I suppose today <laughs> we're in the jersey here. We're not like doing anything weird. So um, I, I think uh, I think what we should bet on personally. Um, let me think. We we talked about uh, books, movies, food, blah blah blah. We don't want to do like pizza. We're not around to do a restaurant. Yeah, what do you got? Okay, look, we all like our beer, right? We do. And regardless of where we're at, I think a good one would be we the. Winner gets to pick a local, meaning Michigan, Indiana, Illinois, right? Yeah. Brew place, and the other two take care of them. All right. So they'll get them each a six-pack, we'll say. And then while we're there, everything's taken care of for that person while they're there, too. Oh, yeah? Everything? Yeah. For as long as that person wants to have things taken well, care of? Wait a minute. <laughs> we need to set a limit. I'm thinking, I'm like sitting there thinking like, okay, look, the tour can be paid for, mm. lunch or dinner or whatever it might be. That could be like a $100 Jesus, day. Like, yeah, I forgot that I'm talking to a couple alcoholics here. So. <laughs> well, I, I disagree with that point. <laughs> I but know. On the record. Okay. Uh, however, uh, I, I think that's fine. Uh, so I think we, that'd be cool. We could do a brewery. Keep in mind that this is uh, a weekly bet. So, well, it is what it is. We say brewery. It's, all right. it's not like Troy's going to be on the podcast every week. We can scale it back next week. They get a six pack and uh, and two sixters and two flights. Care of. There's two people. You know, you get to split the the burden. So we'll see. We've got uh, seven guys that we've bet on. Um, the only one who possibly might get scratched off is Cam Newton. Um, it looks like we have enough variety in there that we shouldn't end up with any kind of ties. Okay, so uh, a six pack or equivalent. Uh, and a decent amount of alcohol determined by the the losers, so it's not you know a hundred dollars worth of uh, drinks. Great, that's Fair wonderful. Enough. Fair enough. I, I suggest that next time we have a bet in place before uh, you know. That's my goal every time that I come up with one of these things. <laughs> Trust me, I want the bet. I start thinking about it, you know, three o'clock in the afternoon. And I don't come up with anything generally. We have a couple minutes left in our broadcast, which is usually 90 minutes long. Would you mind if I just quickly went through the waiver wire pickups? Please, you know, let everyone know who's who's there. So, I haven't made mine yet. So beforehand, uh, for all of you guys that uh, are listening either live, which we appreciate in the chat room, etc., thanks for hanging out. One of the uh, suggestions, by the way, was Gourmet Bacon, which we still have to uh, cash in on uh, Miguel and, and I, I one some of our friends. I Gourmet Bacon from last year, yeah. Yeah, um, so, so if you'd like to, you know, give a heart to this, uh, this particular uh, Mixler broadcast, you can download the Mixler application on your phone, which will notify you when we're doing a live broadcast. Uh, you can also go to Stitcher.com or uh, go to iTunes and subscribe to the Drink 5 Network podcast. And of course, Drink5.com, where all of our articles are located. Um, so going through the waiver wire pickups really quickly. These are done by our, our uh, uh, staff writer, Jim Hutchins, who is not here with us, but he will join us sometime late October or early November. Uh, we have Carson Wentz, who is still only 38% owned. Don't know why that is. 
Grab him up if he's on your waiver wire. Wake up, people. Terrence West, who's 29% owned. He's going to be the starter for a little while now that Justin Forsett was actually dropped and cut by the Ravens. However, uh, as an aside, an editor's note to this, make sure to pick up Kenneth Dixon if he's available in your league because I think personally that he's going to creep his way into the starting position and be one of those guys in the middle of the season that if you don't have him, you wish you did. Definitely. James White, 28% owned. It looks like with Tom Brady back and Deion Lewis still injured, we're going to see a lot of James White based on the game scheming. Not so much uh, LeGarrette Blunt anymore necessarily. So while you guys who had LeGarrette Blunt really enjoyed your time with him, knowing the Patriots is going to change around a little bit and you're going to get that pass catching back like James White who's going to be much more in the game. Uh, Robert Woods, 23% owned. Sammy Watkins out. Whether or not he's going to be out for you know, the indefinite future, and he's at least out for eight weeks being put on IR, um, we're going to see Woods as the number one receiver. I don't think he's a number one receiver. However, he's going to get peppered with targets. They're going to be forced at him. And if you're in a PPR league, he's worth having on the roster because no matter if he's going to be a fantasy uh, productive guy or not, he's still going to get, let's say, six, seven receptions per game just because... He's being forced the ball. So even if he gets 30 yards, he's scoring you 10, 11 points. That's still worth having on a PPR roster. Eddie Royal, 13% owned. Uh, I don't know why he is under wide receiver uh, because Eddie Royal, I hate and think he's a terrible football player. <laughs> he's played... However, he's put up numbers lately. However, he's been great with Hoyer. Uh, he caught 7 of 7 for 111 and a touchdown last week, which is the reason why people want to pick him up. But I guarantee you that Eddie Royal is not going to carry this production throughout the rest of the season. Now, if you want to play him against, you know, uh, uh, what is it, the Colts they play next week, for example? Right. That's not a bad thing. But you agree with me, right? Like, Eddie Royal is not a guy you're going to want in week 11. He's not going to continue production on oh, the Oh, I'm not picking his ass up, no. Okay, you don't have to be all crazy about it. <laughs> I'm just saying. Honorable mention Quincy Anunwa because he's 37% owned. In What's fact, wrong with people? In fact, every moment that you pass not picking up Quincy Anunwa is a moment where you are more stupid than the last. Tight end Cameron Brait, 10% owned. Brait uh, is coming on strong after Austin Safarian Jenkins was cut. He caught 10 of 18 targets for 113 yards and two touchdowns after uh, ASJ was cut. The volume of targets alone should make him a high-floor play uh, for a tight end fill-in. If you can get Brait, Brait is going to be good. Now, unfortunately, I think Minnesota has uh, a couple of matchups coming up that aren't so great. You know, but yeah, Carolina and then a bye. That's never good for fantasy points. But no, like for whatever reason, Minnesota has not seemed affected by matchups this year. So maybe they won't be. We'll see. Uh, and then honorable mention there, Jacob Tammy, 45% owned Atlanta. Probably not owned in any uh, leagues with intelligent people in them. <laughs> Buffalo Bills as a defense. And this I agree with very strongly, Jim. Uh, 44% owned, but if you can pick them up, they have the second most fantasy points through four weeks, and they have a great matchup against the Rams this week. Streaming defense of the week, totally agree. Um, 44% is still not a lot when you're talking about defenses because a lot of those defenses like Arizona, Seattle, Carolina, they might not even be doing very well, but everybody owns them. Yeah. So so this week, look for there to be, you know, in the first week where there's, what, four teams on by? That's correct. Look for there to be a lot of switching out of kicker, defense, and uh, and quarterbacks. That was when that happened. And yeah. people that you wouldn't normally expect. So what that means more than anything else, more than anything else, 
is that you really need to, as a uh, as your waiver wire, um, you know, picks go in, you have to put a lot out there. You know, you have to make one, two, three, four, five, maybe even six or seven waiver wire picks on a single drop, so that you make sure that you get exactly what you want. And you know what happens if you if you say you put a couple uh, on one player, but your waiver wire position is like seven or eight. You could end up not getting that guy you wanted and you thought you would get, and then end up, you know, dropping someone else or picking up the last guy on your list instead of the first guy. You need to make sure you go through the logical progression of how that will work, and and make a move for every single waiver pick before you. And I know it takes a long time, but you need to do it. Right, and I've got six leagues to work on right now, so I think we need to go so I can do that. <laughs> Six. That must be easy. <laughs> it's a light palette this year. I've got nine leagues. Cheers. Are you so, losing in all those leagues, Jason? <laughs> go fuck yourself. I'm four and zero in another league to balance it all out. All right. Well, some good pander at the end of the show is always good. <laughs> Again, thanks to uh, for, to Troy for joining us and coming back from London for the podcast, and we'll see you guys later.